A boy goes to live with an eccentric relative. Big Daddy's birthday is filled with family secrets. Two prisoners of different races are chained together and on the run. The lives and troubles of the guests at a seaside English hotel. And a courtesan in training and bored playboy find love in Paris. This time on the Oscar should have gone to... 1958. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Not yet, Jack. The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... The winner of... Again, Gigi! Meg. Craig. I almost forgot what year. I almost forgot what year it was. Could you tell? You hesitated. (laughs) You hesitated. It's so crazy to me that in this Oscar season where I have so many more movies to... I have so much movies to catch up on, so many things to watch, that this week I was watching Gigi on my my laptop in a Five Guys, which is, by the way... (laughs) A really weird place to watch Gigi. I don't know what people thought. I don't know that there's a regular place. I felt weird watching Gigi in the break room of my workplace. Sure, sure, um, sure. I don't think I've ever seen to anyone fair, take a laptop. To be fair, you were also laptop. jerking off while you were watching it, right? In your- <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone take a laptop out in a Five Guys. So <laughs> can you tell us, first of all, where were the fries from? Where in Idaho were the fries from on that day? And... Second of all, what what was your full order? I'm going to give you a hot take about Five Guys. Overrated. It is overrated. The whole thing, I mean, this is the issue, is that, you know, you you, you used to live in L.A. There's a lot of really good burger places here. And the only thing that Uh they have going for it is, like, you can put all these toppings on it. But guess what a good hamburger, cheeseburger doesn't need? A thick ten of toppings. Give me pickles. See, I give like me some shred, and give me cheese and some mayo, and call it a fucking day. If it's good enough, if it's see, a good I would argue I taste the hamburger. I would argue what Five Guys has over it, over like In and Out or Shake Shack, is simply the fries. Oh yeah, the fries like, are good. Separate itself from the burger, the fries are much better than they are at either of those other two establishments. Yeah, I think that's true. The fries are quite good. Oh, God. Maddie's making me... Excuse me, guys. It's Super Bowl. It's the big... Wait, we're, we can't say that. Today's, it, today's the day of the big game. That is actually really We are good. not... It's the big game. Believe it or not, we are not We are not the official sponsor of the big game. <laughs> we're not the official... But we did Looking take out back at Oscar's podcast of the big game. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did take out You'll see ad, it. So, um, so watch for that. Megan and I actually did not... Megan and I uh, did not get cast in it, unfortunately. So you no. will not see us. They did replace us. <laughs> Um, uh, so Maddie's making wings three ways and he just had me taste the ranch. Did you make the ranch? Oh, he's made the ranch. Guys, we're really, oh. it's the dawn of a, we got an air fryer and it's the dawn of a new era. Now it's the era of Med- Maddie cooks some stuff and that's good. It's oh, a, cul- yeah. it's a culinary household. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, that, that, that threw me. What were we talking about, Craig? 1958. We watched the big game. The big game. Instead of watching, you were talking about Coda, watching Gigi I watched and separate Five tables. Guys. So thank you for that, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, speaking of tables. Uh, speaking of this year's this year's tables. Oscar nominations, which came out less than a week ago, uh, let's bring in our guests returning to the podcast. 
Um, Adam and Rusty Bueller, uh, you guys will remember them from our 1972 episode uh, where afterwards they were banned for two and a half years for choosing Cabaret over The Godfather. But we're happy to welcome them back. Uh, you know, the pandemic really makes you look at life and say it's too short not to have two of your favorite guests back because their movie takes are perhaps not what you wish they would be. <laughs> so welcome, guys. I stand by oh, it. I oh, stand by it. I, Cabaret is still, I think, the better movie. Um, although I still have days where I think maybe I should have picked The Godfather. It's such a good movie. No, I stand by it. I'm sorry it's taken two and a half years to have this conversation again, but um, Cabaret is better. I mean, you know. I mean, AMC's already been talking about how they're re-releasing The Godfather for the 50th anniversary next month. I haven't seen that buzz about Cabaret yet, but who knows? It could happen. All right. I'll you send know. you some links. I'll send you some links. I've seen it on my Apple News app. I would not be yeah. following AMC. What did I pick, by the way? You what picked The Godfather. Cabaret. I said no, The Godfather? You picked, you picked The Godfather, which is why we're still doing the podcast, because it would have been oh, just over okay. then. It would have, so that's if probably been the thinking, only reason why, yeah. Yeah, if you'd been thinking correctly then, you would not have been watching Gigi and the Five Guys this past week. <laughs> we also recorded that summer of 2019, and I think the, the it, political air for me was real, what tipped it, the scale of the cabaret. It just felt very timely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. thank God that's all over, right? There's nothing at all bad <laughs> happening anywhere in the world right now. It's all just we did, it, we, did it, oh, we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump out this window. Oh God! Uh, uh, speaking of jumping, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk jumping, a- right? Well, I thought what maybe about we jumping? Would talk, we would talk really briefly about uh, maybe some of. Your favorite and uh, least favorite, like favorite Oscar nomination, maybe this year, two thousand and twenty-one, uh, and who you from, who you really want to see nominated that missed out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Rusty, Rusty, you got you got anything in in the? Well, I think for me, I always love watching it live when they announce it um, in like the tight categories, and it was pretty. Um, delicious when they skipped over the L and Lady Gaga and went right to Penelope Cruz and just like I think I audibly gasped I heard all the little monsters on my Twitter feed gasp somehow like through the phone at the same time it was yeah to me that was a big a big snub I thought she was a I thought she was gonna get it for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I um I don't know I love Penelope Cruz I haven't seen Parallel Mothers yet but um, I'm just happy to see her wherever she is and I love um, I love his movies too Um, I'm really bummed and I think that this is probably your answer too Craig Uh, Hero wasn't nominated for Best Foreign Language Film which was such a bummer that movie is so good I will say you know I think I said this to you guys on text that uh, you know I have yet to see Lunana, a yak in the classroom. So who knows? Perhaps it is better than Asghar Farhadi's latest thrill ride. But, um, you know, I'm not as up to date on Bhutanese theater as I should be. Um, so I believe it is now on streaming. So I'll catch up with it and I'll be able to come back and uh, let you. I mean, I think a hero is better than all but one of the movies that was nominated for international feature. So I that was that was an upset for me also that that was not there for sure. I I was happy to see um, Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons make it into the supporting categories. Um, I mean, the Lost Daughter was is so well done, but it's got to be it's a t- kind of a tough watch, particularly seeing the flashbacks and just sort of how relentlessly 
um, you, it's so tough to root for that character, I think at times, uh, cause of her choices. Yeah. But, uh, she made it in, which was great. Um, but I think Ariana DeBose is really gonna, I, I don't see her not winning that category in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I know I'm rooting for Kirsten Dunst though. I, I, Kiki. I love her. I love her. I've always loved her. I thought she was great in the movie. I really, um, am rooting for her. And we got such a long time, right? It's like in five weeks or something. It feels like forever. It's the end now. of March. It's the 27th. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do until Mike, then? did you have any, I don't know, talk about movies watch, from 1958? Watch, maybe? I was going to say, watch, rewatch uh, fucking Auntie Mame. Um, <laughs> you know, this, yesterday, so uh, we did our like top 10, you know. And when we did our top 10, we did it way too fucking early. And I. Well, you hadn't watched any movies. That's really not my fault. Like, yeah, that's I had really, seen like all, but like, like I do have two movies I have since seen that I would put in my top 10, but you know, it just moved like so a couple of things. So I have a movie out. that I saw that is my new number one. Mm. And I well, saw then, it. Yesterday. Well, let's hold that. Let's hold that for the end of the pod. Well, it's from 2000. It's, it's, but, but we'll it's ask, from 20. But we're going to ask, but we're going to ask everyone what their favorite 2021 movie is. And then we can talk about 2022. But you have you seen it? Well, you've seen one 2022 movie for sure. No, I've seen a couple 2022 movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then guys, let's just I, do guys, it. Guys, just, hey, guess what? Guess what, buddy? I've been in the movies. I got some fucking milk duds. I've been sipping on uh, fucking diet Scissor. I've been in the mood. I get out. Okay. And yesterday we went and saw the worst person in the world and I fucking loved it so goddamn much. I sobbed the last 10, 15 minutes. I think it is astounding. I thought it was like the most beautiful thing. I loved it so much. It leaped frogged, leapt frogged, lipped a dip dip. It leaped over uh, West Side Story for me for the number one spot. It's, I also saw love it to go to Oslo. on Friday. Yeah, um, I saw it on Friday, and it didn't leap over the Lost Daughter for me, but it did leap over everything else. It's my number two. So, guys, it's not in. It? It's not here yet. We have to wait one Get more out. week, and then it's haven't seen it. Stop? <laughs> haven't seen it yet. I, I want to see it this week. So, yeah, it's so good. Week. I want her entire wardrobe. I even went so far as to Google last night, like costume designer for the worst person in the world. It's an aesthetic that I'm really aspiring to. It's very like, I just like threw this on and look great. Um, She's great. Everybody's great. Do you know she's actually a doctor too, Craig? No, he is. Do you know that he's actually a doctor? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's, he's Um, a doctor. I loved it. I, um, it so I want to talk to you more about that movie, but I don't want to spoil it for the people who haven't seen it, including our two guests. But I do want to talk okay. to you more about it. Anyway, um, that's, that, should, that should be nominated for Best Picture. I'm mad at, like, I'm very angry that, like, I have now, because it's nominated for Best Picture, I have to watch fucking Don't Look Up, you know? And, like, whatever the fuck. Like, I'm pissed about that. And We're going to talk about it on an episode, so you're going to have to watch it. I'm going to have to fucking watch it. I got to do that. Uh, hey, you want you want to know my you want to know my potential big Oscar spoiler? I do. I think it could maybe upset Drive My Car for Best International Film, even though Drive My Car got a Best Picture nomination. I don't expect it to happen, really, but I would not. It would not like knock me off the couch if Worst Person in the World won. Because I think it's a little more. I don't know if you've seen Drive My Car yet. No, not you guys yet. Haven't seen it yet. Right? 
I think it's. I'm just, I just trying think to find three hours out of my. I'm trying to find three hours. Well, that's the thing. It's it's two hours long. Drive my cars almost an hour longer than it is. Drive yeah. my cars a lot more of a slow burn. I think Worst yeah. Personal World has way more comedy in it. Like I think it's it's definitely a more enjoyable set. So. Well, let me ask you: In the first, do we get though in the first ten minutes the 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 main characters say, "And I am just the worst person in the world." <laughs> do we get title of film? To Megan's delight, the title is used they do in narration say that. during the film. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but it is they do say the worst person in the world at one point. I mean, they oh, say I it in Norwegian, and then. It's it's written on the when the let me tell you when I read it I jumped straight out of my seat straight out of my seat it's and always I, a thrill yep yeah, it yeah. is it really is I could have walked out right then <laughs> but then spoiler alert guys maybe she's not the worst person in the world I just oh, love this yeah. movie I want to talk about it forever but I'm gonna let you guys watch it first it's just really good great yeah. shit yeah. great shit well anyway, then let's, let's jump. <laughs> Let's let's jump back in time. We're gonna go back to 19, 1958, 64 mm. years ago. Sixty-four years. Craig, you were and we're gonna start just a little as we baby. Just <laughs> I was a small child. Um, I was I, it was the year of my bar mitzvah, and I remember the first thing I said as I was like, I want this to be auntie name themed. So that's what was <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Auntie Mame. Oh, that's uh, right up top? Oof. My favorite right character so I, of 1958, never, Agnes Gooch. I Guys. had never seen any of these movies before other than Gigi. So this was sort of a sort of a real thrill. Yeah, me too. To Same. go back and uh, watch these nominees. I had never seen Gigi either. And I also had never, I didn't know anything about either Auntie Mame, the source play, or the musical it was based on. And Yeah, will it's you just, explain it? The play? The, the, so it's it's a play. It was a play first. It was a play first that Robert so it, Russell it's a play started. that was started. Yeah, it was a play Tony. based on a book written by Patrick Dennis, mm-hmm. which I okay, think was about like, his about his auntie Mae. Like sort of uh, loosely, I, I think it was like a loose memoir. Like um, a and young, then, a so young they made gay it into boy a play. becomes orphaned and taken in by uh, <laughs> by his eccentric yeah. auntie Mae. Yeah. She uh, kept calling him My Little Love, and I was like, did Adele get the title of that <laughs> song from this? I'm not sure. Yeah. She's if a it big turns out that Adele Russell. is a big... Yeah, I would fucking <laughs> die. I would love that. That'd be amazing. I just don't understand why people don't talk about this movie all the time. Like, to me, I absolutely loved it. I think, like... Mm-hmm. This, this lead performance... is so good. It is so good. Rosalind Russell, like is so good in this movie that uh, obviously you haven't seen it. If you watch the movie Mame, which is not bad, the musical film stars Lucille Ball and Rosalind Russell is out comic timing Lucille Ball, like running circles around her with her performance in this movie. It is actually There are some quality jokes incredible. in this movie too. Like some yeah. real quality, some real quality shit. And the we stuff on the horse. With her, with the bracelets oh when she does opening God. night. Oh my God. Like I we, was dying. I was like crying, laughing. Like I can't remember laughing so hard. And I never expected to have gotten such a kick out of a movie from 1958 as consistently as that movie did. Just hitting all of the notes throughout the whole film. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Also Here's like weirdly my... ahead of its time. And that remember the, the, the parents were anti-Semitic and she was like, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the lesbians that was at the party. <laughs> yeah, the le- the lesbians at the party in the background. When the yeah. Place. Oh yeah. It was wonderful. It was supposed to be Gertrude Stein and um, Alice B. Toklas, but uh, I this movie was so fun from top to bottom. I told Rusty it was a um, a little. It's a bedtime story for little gay boys, which is why it was perfect <laughs> for both of us. We were laughing mm-hmm. the entire time. It's incomprehensible. I like yeah. things happen in this movie that make absolutely no sense, and I really don't give a shit. It was so fun. It's a story told in 120 acts. <laughs> like, yeah. It goes through like 40 years of her life, it feels like, but it, you're mm-hmm. never bored. And some things don't hold up, like the trope of like um, Eastern um, uh, servants and stuff to me was like, well, like, like the, the whole, like the whole opening yeah. make the, the opening, like, 15 minutes makes you feel like you're going to, because like the party is like very like, it's filled with stereotypes of mm-hmm. different kinds of people. And you're like, Oh, we got a real Mickey Rooney breakfast at Tiffany's situation, a brewing over here. Um, but then it just sort of like, no, we got to get away from that. And it's just like this kooky aunt that's like incredible. One of my mm-hmm. favorite jokes in it is when you're from Pittsburgh, you got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn. Man, they just I thought that was came, great. came for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah they really did. And like, I just thought uh, the production design was so cool. Like, the uh-huh. beginning felt very like Wes Anderson y with like the placards and the kaleidoscope and mm-hmm. just like the real specific production design. Like, I loved was- how the, 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 apartment changed like looks throughout the years based on like what she was into at the time. Like, it was such a cool, like, like what what a good use of that space too like and and give me give me my eyes something to rest upon you know yeah oh for sure compared um, to some and of the Agnes other films. Gooch guys Agnes Gooch amazing <laughs> yeah the role i was born to play sadly you know <laughs> and she years too soon <laughs> mm-hmm. did she mm-hmm. win the, the academy award or she was nominated for best supporting actress but did, i don't think she won um Separate tables. She won. won. She won the tone. She won the Tony. Yes, Which she did so not win this, the so separate thought, tables. Woman won. I thought, I thought the actress who played Vera was just as funny. I thought the young blonde who played um, the son's uh, like uh, little Edie uh, fiance was. Like, yeah, I was gonna say with her like Jackie, perfect. like her like uh, Jackie O sort She's of like so voice. Good. Mommy and Danny. I was like, this is amazing. I loved that. Love that so, so much. It kept a fair amount of people from the staged production and it still sort of worked, even though like, you know, we we talk about this a lot with like um, filmed versions of stage plays that they can feel too stagey, but because this world is so large anyway, I think those performances were like, they just all still work. They were managed, they managed not to be like, seem like they were screaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it all just worked for me. I wrote down like a bunch of like moments that Rosalind Russell has in this movie that like made me laugh very hard. Um, the operator bit where she's has like one brief moment where she's a <laughs> phone operator. Perfect. I was like, so this funny. is just like, yeah. Um, her mounting the horse. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That was so funny. And then that when she eats the, pe- the pe- yeah. And when yeah. she eats the peanut butter and tuna canapé. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it was and then all throws just it genius. over her shoulder and then she and just and just she's, she's laughing and then the daiquiri made with honey she like yeah. throws that too she's great she was so fucking she's like such her patter too is so rat-a-tat like mm-hmm. it was so yeah. like it's a hard thing to hit she had, must have had one million lines you know but it, it, every single time it was just it, it hit every time and it's and interesting too film- that this is sorry that this is based on a, a play Katana Hawks and Roof was based on a play and we can talk mm-hmm. about ad- the adaptation of it all for both of these but maybe because it was a comedy and it was already kind of madcap like it just some some films you watch and you're like this is a play you know what I mean and this did not this felt like it had its own world and I actually wonder if they blew up and and deepened the stuff in the deep south like the horse race and stuff like how do you yeah. put that in a play you know what i mean like well because they felt- really went they went to different they really went to different locations i mean they yeah. went to the matterhorn you know yeah <laughs> he fell off Why? the matterhorn yeah, that, that was clearly the matterhorn the yeah. matterhorn they yeah. they were uh, the second that they were on the eiffel tower and she was like be careful i was like okay this guy uh but they but like it felt very the world felt wide and also populated I mean, you know what I mean? That's the other bonus, I guess. I mean, I don't, and again, it didn't feel like a play because there were so many other, there were so many extras, there were so many people kind of coming in and out. The world felt like a live world. Right. But I mean, and I guess it's the trouble with Katana Hot Tin Roof because it's like the whole play is just on the the plantation. There's no like other things that can refer to. Like it just feels. But we don't know, Rusty. Maybe Auntie Mame is all, maybe the play Auntie Mame is all in that fucking apartment and they just decided they were like no we're it's, gonna make it be a movie yeah that's it's not I, I i think i think it's more scenic <laughs> i think it's more yeah but craig you don't know but craig you don't like know like you don't like know craig right. i mean i know you were around in 1958 yeah but you don't I think know. I have seen the stage play Mame, the the musical Mame, which is no, I don't think you have. The exact I don't same think you thing have. With songs. I don't know that you have. Mm, have you though? Okay. I don't know that you have. Well, in the musical version, though, Craig is Vera more of a like larger supporting character? Like, does she extend throughout she kind the musical? She shows up a little bit more than she does in the play. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I mean, yeah. the big thing is she also has like she has like bosom buddies, like the song with Mame. So like, yeah, that's one of the more memorable songs in the show um she has a great line though in this fira when she's like did you dear that was helen hayes yeah <laughs> so good she's so good i would watch a i was trying to cast like a, the revival musical of it and in my head i was like christine ebersole as mame and like Kristen chenoweth as vera like superstar like version i would pay to see that in my head and think- me as agnes gooch obviously obviously right yeah her what her her that girl that fucking lady her the her like i lived i did what she said i lived i was like this (laughs) oh my god am i watching right now it was pretty good right it was pretty good inside the actor studio like is agnes there can i speak with agnes please and then when she shows up pregnant in the next scene, so oh my like, god, is so funny. Walking that down was, the stairs, <laughs> that was so, 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 so funny. It was great. And then just her crying every time they're like, "Where's Mister? Where's, where's Mister Gooch or whatever?" And she's like, "I'm an unwed mother." Like whatever, just crying. It was so funny. I loved it. And then the fat, the twist at the end of like he married her. Oh God, guys, Auntie Mame. The, um, we have fun. We have the fun. Adjust, the adjustable chairs in that dinner party bet, 
bit. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I get chairs like that in my living room? I I love this aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Hold on by the, the, the like beaded the ropes, yeah. which was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had mention it reminded him which what name the SNL sketch that uh we were thinking of when we watched it with the chairs. Oh Nuni? Oh Nuni. No 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 Nuni. 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 Guys, I'm not familiar and feel really left out. Oh, well, you must have been doing something cool while we were all watching Fred Armisen's classic Nini character. <laughs> oh, I never went out on Saturday nights. I always watched Saturday Night Live live in the moment. That's right. Until I was 30 years old. It's <laughs> a um, shame because I heard it's super good now. My That's one and only, my one, my one and only nitpick about the movie. Well, there's two. First of all, I feel like we're supposed to be uh, happy when the 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 teacher comes back, the the pedophile teacher. Right. When he's yeah, invited, that, to, I was like, that's "No, he's step. someone you shouldn't be friends with." Name like he's mm-hmm. like he seems like a bad man. Um, the other thing is when they're like, "We get married a week from Tuesday." Who gets married on a Tuesday? Was that a Lost. thing they did back then? Rich families got married on Tuesdays? Yeah, well, they had to give them that land of plot so the Jews wouldn't move in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the Jews get here on Wednesday. You got to get married I know, on yeah. Tuesday. They had, to, they had to seal the deal really fast. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, well, that was wild. My, my only nitpick of the movie was I, the only thing that I did not understand and made no sense to me, why the woman who dropped him off from Chicago just stuck around and then worked like over the years for her sometimes without pay and then paid her to like live in her house and work there. It, that made no sense to me. I could not understand anytime she showed up in the movie. That's the power of Mame yeah. is that she really, <laughs> she's uh, kind of like a cult leader where yeah. like, people... like, you, like you may not know this from just watching this film, Auntie Mame, but if you know Mame, you know, she charms the husk right off of the corn. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say she um she she has that the dune thing that uh Timothy Chalamet and his mother have where it's like mm-hmm. you will be my servant like with that weird voice. That's what well that was that's actually a cut scene is that the woman comes she drops off Patrick and then she has to put her hand in a box. Charlotte Rampling shows up <laughs> yeah. the dumb. guys I forgot Dune is also nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I'm not mad. Yeah. I just am like, wow, Dune. Okay, sure. Yeah. I liked Dune. I liked Spice. Dune a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, need more sandworms, though. I need like 100% more sandworms. And more oh, Agnes yeah. Gooch, honestly. Throw her in there. <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> Agnes Bye, Zendaya. <laughs> Hello, Agnes they, Gooch. They lift the veil and it's Agnes Gooch. <laughs> <laughs> And she's just like, I got sand in my teeth. I can't see. <laughs> oh, my God. I love her. <clears throat> we should anyway. move on, but I think you can tell we recommend throwing on Auntie Mame. Just yes, put it so on. Yep. Yeah. it's You'll enjoy it. You will enjoy it. I want to watch that on Bravo on a loop on Christmas Day, like a Christmas story <laughs> does on TNT. Like, to me, that's like 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 one for one there. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. No. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, we need a little Christmas from the musical mm-hmm. Mame. Mm-hmm. It's got Christmas right there. 
Mm-hmm. Just her working in the same shop. You know what else they needed is they needed a scene where um, you could see Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett in the background. <laughs> Well, Beauregard was buying a hundred pairs of that was also great too. That she was like, everything has to be COD because I don't know how to fill out any other. <laughs> don't you want that COD? I can make that COD. They're like, no, she's like, mm, but you do, so I'm gonna do that. It was great. What a delight. Um, all right, let's let's do it. Let's talk about Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. So I I've seen the stage version of this like a hundred times. And I've never seen the movie version. Yeah. Um, Paul Newman, like what a smoke show. Like you could watch he him do anything. Are, is there a better looking couple than him and Elizabeth Taylor? Every no. time they came on screen, I was like, why are you so hot? Like you should have so kids because, oh my God, think about how hot that kid is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I read this, I read this bit of trivia, which I can only believe it's true that originally this movie was supposed to be shot in black and white and when they got paul newman elizabeth taylor they were like we have to shoot in color because we have to show his blue eyes and her violet eyes like yeah we can't shoot in black and white like people want to see those eyes and, and we honestly, actually said this choice. on a podcast before like great choice like those two and frank sinatra probably had the most famous eyes in the history of hollywood so yeah 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 i i actually i thought similarly it was nice to see like two years after giant, it was like, yeah, let's see fucking like hot Liz Taylor. Like let's not put Liz Taylor like in a gray wig and have her like stand around pretending to be 60. Like no one wants to see Liz Taylor do that. No, I want to see her be like Maggie, the cat, sexy as hell, body, yaddy, yaddy for fucking days. Yeah. To the gods. Mama. (laughs) (laughs) What I, what I don't, I think it's also insane, like reading all the the backstage drama because they started to shoot it. And then she was supposed to fly back to LA with her husband. We have, I forget his name, but it was a producer and the plane crashed. Mike Todd, the the producer of Around Around the World World in 80 Days, which we covered on our last uh, year episode. Yeah. And I remember watching this film. He died, right? Mike Todd in a plane Mm -hmm. crash or something. Right. Yeah. But I, my dad. I remember watching the film because I, I, I read it afterwards thinking, wow, Elizabeth Taylor looks so skinny, like cinched, but also like she's like real thin in this movie. And then she lost like a ton of weight because she was grieving her husband while she was filming this movie. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, so we've done like obviously like Tennessee Williams has been nominated like you know, nominated for a best picture before. I think I like cat on a hot tin roof more than streetcar. Honestly, I've seen mm. it also on stage a couple of times. I saw fucking Brendan Fraser do it, which honestly pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, they took out all the gay shit. Yeah. And so, yeah. and that's the, uh, that's the thing that you can't sort of pass over. Cause no. this is a gay fucking play and they were like, and they neutered it. They made but, it not yeah. gay. It really kind of makes the plot make not like no sense because yeah. they include yeah. Skipper, right? And the idea mm-hmm. of like, why are you right. so attached to Skipper? Who Skipper walked so Bronco Henry could run this year? <laughs> yeah, dog, yeah. <laughs> the the vibe of the off screen yeah. homoerotic is very friend. Bronco Henry yeah. heavy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and brick brick walked so Eric Dane on Euphoria could run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, no spoilers for Euphoria. I'm not caught up. We, oh, we just finished season we just one. Finished the first season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
because we i don't know we, i don't know about don't you, worry. we need to watch uh six movies this week <laughs> <laughs> uh, i will tell you cal has a lot of stuff in uh the first uh four episodes of season two so gonna get a lot I more cal. i mean do we see a lot of stuff from cal it's too? euphoria it's like all dicks all the time it's like I've seen so many project. guys. I, love it. I just got to tell you, I have seen so many penises. This is the year of the penis, like for sure. 2022. I've seen every movie that I've seen recently, <laughs> excluding those from 1958 full frontal. And I'm for it. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. For it. yeah it's about time. Mm-hmm. God, they're not good looking though. Good Lord. Uh, no offense. Um, let's continue talking about why this movie should be hundred percent more gay. I mean, it just, the, the ending becomes so contrived. Like there's no logic for, for brick and big daddy to have this sort of cathartic conversation when a brick's been such an asshole, the entire movie and like big daddy, like why would he change? Um, no need. Yeah. So I, so I think that like, I've seen, I've seen it on stage before and I may have seen the movie many years ago, but I don't remember. And I think because of that, and I, you know, I can't, I can't say otherwise, but I think because I knew the gay stuff from the play that it was easy for me to sort of fill in the blanks. Whereas if I was watching this for the first time, I would have no idea what we're talking about or, or who, who Skipper was in any way. So I think yeah. for, because of that, if I was able to like realize what they were trying to say, but they couldn't say in 1958. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it didn't take me out of it too much. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I was just thinking about Paul Newman being gay the whole time. So, yeah. Well, I and do then think the, hot. The, so Paul hot. Newman, the Paul Newman of it for me is actually sort of interesting because I think he's good in this movie, but I think, I think this role kind of robs you of what you want from Paul Newman. Like what like is so great about Paul Newman as like Butch Cat and Butch Cassidy or Cool Hand Luke is like, he's just like so charming and Brick mm-hmm. just isn't. Like you get the, you, I guess casting Paul Newman, like, like you get the feeling that like, oh, this was like one time, like this charming, like playboy. And you could see why Maggie wanted him and like, you know, why Gooper hates him so much because he's like the golden child, but like, he's just not anymore. And it's almost like a disappointment to see Paul Newman have to be like, so like kind of bland, honestly, just because I feel like mm-hmm. the role is until the very end, basically. Yeah. But um, even with him whereas, so like, neutered, even with him so neutered, like this movie lives or dies on their on their just their star wattage. Like these are two yeah. like huge movie stars in these roles, and like that kind of carries all these sort of things that I'm willing to forgive a lot of the things that that they changed in the movie because they're just so charismatic. Even when he he has his hands tied behind his back. Yeah, I completely and agree. And he seems, and he's very, I mean, his his brick is also sort of like almost sadder in a way. Like, yeah, he behaves like an asshole, but like I, it, it's very, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think the mood, the, the mood, again, the, it seems very toothless to me. It's more yeah. of a sad story of like, yeah. of, of like, oh, missed opportunities. Like they mm-hmm. could have had a closer male father son relationship. He could have been with Maggie the whole time, but like he thought she slept with Skipper or whatever the fuck it is. It reads more of like a sad family who's now like building back and coming together. Yeah. And that's all fine, but that's not as interesting to me at like, and as again, as somebody who likes like <laughs> movies that are like fucked up and dark and like, there is no easy happy ending. I, pr- I so prefer that 
version, which is, I think, kind of opposite of what Adam is saying. It's mm-hmm. almost why the movie worked even less for me because mm-hmm. I wanted that mm-hmm. so badly. And I really do feel like um, Taylor and Newman, who are both great, are capable of giving that performance, mm-hmm. but the text just didn't allow them to go there. So it seems only just kind of surfacey for me. A lot of the stuff. Can just... you can you can you remember Meg? Because I can't. I, I meant to go back and like look at the actual end of the play, but at the end of the play, like Maggie basically like forces him, right? As opposed yes. to mm-hmm. as opposed to in this where he's like, "We're gonna make up." Because I know like how this ends is very different than the play. I just couldn't remember exactly how the play ends. Yeah, yeah, no, he does not like renounce his homosexuality. You know what I mean? No. Like he it's yeah. very she's, dark. she's just basically yeah. like, we're gonna do this. Like mm-hmm. you don't have a choice. One thing that was interesting to me in watching the movie is like, I can't believe Burl Ives didn't get nominated for this. And you know what's crazy? Yeah. Is he won Best Supporting Actor in 1958 for a different movie, but he didn't get nominated for this movie. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe he didn't get nominated. And then I was like, oh, he won the award that year anyway. So guess ultimately it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I thought he was good in it. I thought everyone was good in it, except Big Mama. I, I don't understand what planet she was in or what movie she was in, in this yeah. movie, but everything yeah. else really worked for me. And I yeah, I thought Cooper and his wife too were really that 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 woman that played, I think May is her name. Yeah. Her sister like woman. Yeah. her sister wife. Her look is Tiff. Yeah. yeah. Real yeah. tough. It's a it's a real Teresa Judice scrunchy mm-hmm. like no forehead mm-hmm. <laughs> brow. Singing thing. all those songs and waving the Confederate flag the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrific. I I remember well, I looked it up and I was like, oh, oh, just that they it's it was actually like just straight the Mississippi flag. Cause I was like, are they just like straight using the confederate? And I was like, oh no, it's the Mississippi State flag, which is basically the same thing. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Rusty, yeah, go ahead. I, I, don't, I don't remember those kids being so fucking annoying in the play that they were in the movie. <laughs> they were just all over the place. But they also sang Skinnamarinky Dinky Dink. Yeah, those no Which I thought, monsters. I didn't realize that Skinnamarinky Dinky Dink was such an old song. I thought that was like Me a Sharon neither. Bowles and Bram jam. I thought my parents made it up too. No, it was, it was originally written by May. And then uh, <laughs> Lamb Chop kind of appropriated it for her own sort oh of thing. Oh, my so. God. I wow. loved Lamb Chop. Remember that song that they sang at the end? This is the song that doesn't end. Remember that? It's like our Mamba. podcast. Yes. Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got to let it go. Uh, I have some updated casting for this, too, if we were to do a revival. Okay. Would love to hear it. A revival today. Sister Woman. Played by Che Diaz. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I really, really good people. It. It's a thinker, you know, it gives them a run for their money. You couldn't really call her sister woman if Che was playing it, though, yeah. you know? So they well, person. She was, they, she they person. Sibling person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And every single one of her lines would just be like, hey, it's Che Diaz. Do you think Che would have time to shoot a revival while she's working on the sitcom? Yeah, she is. She is doing this pilot. Well, she enters. She enters. They actually changed the whole thing. So half of the play is now just Che Diaz singing the Beach Boys catalog throughout the play, too. (laughs) So while Miranda just lurks in the back, Miranda could definitely play one of the no neck monsters for sure. Mm -hmm. That woman, I'm watching her on. 
Gilded Age now. That woman has range. She and has you range. know, you know who they should get to play Skipper is Kim Cattrall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Kim Let's Cattrall see. shows up in Gigi later, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, real quick question about the 50s. So doctors could just not tell someone they're dying. Like, I know they wouldn't do it to women. In ju- like, I know they would tell, like, husbands, like, your wife's dying. Like, you can tell her whenever. But, like, they also wouldn't tell, like, like the second very rich, powerful man, or whatever, it, like, yeah. in Mississippi. Like, we're not going to tell him he's dying. We're just, we're just going to tell him he has a spastic colon. I don't know what good that does. <laughs> Speaking of spastic Collins Goober was saying how Big Daddy wanted to pay for a big meal. Was like rep- talking about like how big they were gonna shit later. Like <laughs> I was like, that's a little gross, even for me as a fan of poop humor. Like that Goober really took it over the over the edge. He's turned a little blue. I, I will I, say, as as someone who does not enjoy, as somebody who these in laws looked. If I'm if I'm Elizabeth Taylor, I'm like I don't care how hot you are, Paul Newman. This is not worth it. Uh, I'm gonna marry someone whose parents are dead already. <laughs> this is yeah. a, like a tough. It's a, they seem like a tough hang. Tough crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, any final thoughts on Cat on a Hot Tin Roof before we move along? Well, then let's know. talk about the Defiant ones, which I'll be honest, I probably have the. Maybe the least to talk about of any of these five movies. Agreed. And I think that's because I really liked it. I thought it was great. Hmm. I really enjoyed it. For me, I think it's just because I think it's really hard for me to comment on this movie in this time period. Watching it now, it just feels like a precursor to Driving Miss Daisy or Green Book. Or it's just like, there's nothing to it to me aside from it being like, it's a tale of race. But I also understand like it was a much bigger deal to do this in 1958 than it is to do it now. But it is for me, it's a little hard to separate like the movies I've seen since then doing the same thing that have kind of we've kind of looked at and been like, why are we still making these movies? Um, See, I watched it after Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which had been so terribly neutered that I was so pleased that this had that that this was like that they went there kind of with this movie or that they allowed Mm -hmm. these two people to be like, they kind of addressed the idea of race and like that racism was bad. I was impressed in 1958 that there was a whole movie about that. Uh, Also, I thought there was, they did a good job. It was also kind of funny. Like the, the, the guy that always had the radio on, like there were, I think too, because it was such a, it's such a two-hander with Tony Curtis and, um, Sidney Poitier, uh, who, by the way, so good. He just was great. Amazing in this and like very contemporary. I loved him, but I thought with movies like that, a lot of times all the other characters, they don't give them anything to do or any sort of, they're just like the guy after like chasing after them. And then the person that's scared, whatever. I thought they did a great job filling out the world and giving everybody sort of like agency, including the mm-hmm. people that were hunting them. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, that I enjoyed I those scenes if too. I had, Yeah. If I had a nickel for every time a prisoner escaped in a transport accident and a best picture nominee, I would have 15 cents, but it's pretty crazy. It's that much. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what are the other two movies? No. So two prisoners and the defiant ones. And Dr. Richard Kimball and The Fugitive. Oh, okay. 
And I, I, think that's, I think that's why I didn't like this movie that much because I can see how it might've been interesting in 1958 to have, yeah. I don't know, like a white man chained to a black man and then they have to escape together. Um, but I, but I, I think I've sort of seen this movie a lot of many times since. And I think because of that, it was hard for me to kind of find it that interesting or good. The only thing I liked about this movie is I thought that um, Sidney Poitier was incredible. Like he was electrifying the entire time. I didn't even think that Tony Curtis was really that good. And I usually like him. And I think it really sort of fell apart for me at the end when they are in that woman's house. And that woman is uh, the woman who doesn't have a name and <laughs> is just sort of be there to be hysterical. And then, and then like, let them go. I, 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 I really oh, but I felt, I, I felt like she was so, she did not have a name, but I felt like she doesn't had pass some the, levels. Doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Does not pass the Bechdel test. That <laughs> no. does not pass the Bechdel test. But I did feel like she had some levels and she made me sad. I did like the twist when you find out that she lets him go, but basically has told him to go somewhere where he's going to die. Like going I actually did like that yeah. moment. I was like, yeah. oh, that's a nice And the way she twist, literally was just this, like, yeah this is for you. I'm doing this because for you so that they don't catch him and he'll tell on whatever. That was such a, and she was the, her shock at that. He was upset was such a interesting, yeah. just such an interesting turn. I think to me, that's, that's what makes this a little, what kept my interest. And I, I would classify this in separate tables and very similar spaces on my, <laughs> on my list. And there was there was better tension in this and this in the the way they told the story. I think like the twist at the end with the woman basically sending him to get sucked up in quicksand, and then sort of the set pieces throughout it, like when they get stuck in that mud pit and like everything about just being held together by like a little chain. Like I just felt that in my wrist, you know. Like I just thought those moments were well done for me. What wasn't well done was the first accident when basically they like took like a little like fucking race car and like push it over a hill and we're just like oh no like that that, <laughs> that effect was not Dunces, no yeah <laughs> but um yeah i I, th- I liked it i thought it was good um it wasn't my favorite of the year i, I the, the scene that i did like i liked when they went to the turpentine camp because that the stakes felt really high and i felt a lot of suspense and, and tension there um that was i thought a really cool scene yeah, I thought it was cool too when they were trying to get Sidney Poitier to spit on Tony Curtis, mm-hmm. and I just was like, "What an interesting, what a weird power play for this guy to have." And yeah, it just was. I liked it. I liked I felt, it. I felt bad for the dog guy. They kept jerking his chain around, being like, "Take the dogs out. Put the muscles on. They might." Die. I know. <laughs> it's like this poor guy. It's just his job to like keep these dogs around. And, and the radio the guy just wants to listen to the radio. Yeah. While they're walking around, let him listen to the radio. For how many days? I don't really get why they all were like, sure, we'll do this for several days with not a lot of food or water and maybe we'll get paid. Like what was in it for them to like do this stakeout or manhunt? They were going after a black man. So. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yes, 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 yes. Gotcha. 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 Um, there was tons of free food. They were eating the entire time. <laughs> Okay, I would probably do. Yeah, that. it was like it was like it was like Brad Pitt's like dream role. They were like, "All right, you get to eat the whole time, Brad Pitt." Brad Pitt's always eating in movies. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Separate tables. 
Separate tables. tables. It's funny that you say this this occupies the same space as the Defiant ones because I fucking hated this movie. This one reminds me I hated it. Did you notice that Burt Lancaster was like using a British accent only in his first scene? Like he was like half using a British accent and then he just dropped it for the rest of the movie. And he decided it's almost like they shot it like that. It reminds (laughs) me of, um, what was the one that we watched? uh, What's it called? Like Sea of Love or whatever. They were on the boat, Craig. What was the one? Oh, they were on the boat. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. It reminds Uh, me of that where it's like Sea of Love. I don't know what it's called, but it's like all these like little different like inner like everybody has like a different kind of thing that's going on, you know, like it's a real like ensemble thing, Um, except I don't care about any of them. They're all none fools. See, what is it? Ship of fools. Ship of fools. (laughs) Sea of love, ship of fools. Same fucking thing. Uh, Except I don't give a shit about any of these storylines at all. Um, I thought that their uh, attempt to make Deborah Kerr look like less than stunning was laughable. Uh, and I just, yeah, everybody sucked. And I'm not, I was just not invested in anybody. Um, speaking well, of Deborah Kerr, really quick, because I actually meant to mention this when we were talking about cutting a hot tin roof. Going into the Oscars, there were multiple like actress scandals because, like Rusty said, Mike Todd had died right before the shooting of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. But like leading up to the Oscars is when, the Eddie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, Elizabeth Taylor situation all kind of happened. So everyone went from like being like Elizabeth Taylor, grieving widow to being like this bitch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then Deborah Kerr, her and her husband separated uh, because she found someone new and she didn't even get custody of their daughters, which was how the court of opinion sort of felt about her. So, she, but she was going through all that when they were shooting this, and she apparently was like, "I'm glad I'm playing supposed to be playing like this dowdy, like spinster because that's who I am now." Okay, that's sad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I feel like what a fucking nightmare to go to brunch with Deborah Kerr. I'm just a. <laughs> Give me Agnes Gooch any day of the week. I think this movie is like interesting. Like it's got like a 20 minutes of interesting stretch about 45 minutes in um, when all like the David Niven stuff sort of starts to come out and then it quickly gets uninteresting again. But like, there is like a scene and a half that I'm like, okay, now this movie's going somewhere. And then it just stops again. So I just don't understand yeah. too, like the, the spread of all these different films, like this just feels like, a radio play like people would sit and like listen to this and like the, the stakes this are kind of low so this is also based on a play and it's actually two one-act plays that were back to back and usually the character that played like the david niven character would also play the burt lancaster character so it takes place in the oh. same hotel but it's like two different plays so like they would cast like the two women female leads and the two like male leads like with the same like star actors and then the rest of the ensemble would sort of fill it out this is the oscar thing where this is this is where they have to have a british movie like oh yeah Mm -hmm. this like fulfills the like british movie role um it's just it's just fucking you know it's just fucking boring yeah (laughs) and i love i love burt lancaster i think he's He's always so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And even he, I was like struggling to pay attention 
because yeah. I just, I just am not invested. It was the shortest movie and it felt the longest. Like it was yeah. so boring. I, I completely agree with all of you on everything that you've said. There's maybe an interesting scene in this movie and, and, and that's it. I thought Deborah Kerr was okay, but really I was not interested in any, anyone else. And I cannot believe that the major one best actor for this. Mm-hmm. So he's in like two scenes. Yeah. It's the shortest best actor performance in history. It's actually almost a minute shorter than even Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Like wow. Anthony Hopkins is always the person that is like cited, but David Niven's performance has even less screen time than Anthony Hopkins does. And like, why he literally he just like fully disappears? He fully disappears for 40 minutes of this movie. Like there's yeah. just like a 40 minute gap. He's just not and in he it beats Sidney Poitier. Like yeah. what? He, he, and disappeared, then he, comes back. he disappears to like go like diddle in the movie theater. Like <laughs> this guy's like he's a he's a freak. He goes you know? like he, he, he disappears that. to go, he disappears to go nudge women. Yeah. <laughs> just goes him a little elbow. And I did miss him. He was gone for 40 minutes. I didn't miss him one bit. And then I was supposed to care no. that like everyone wanted him to stay after, you know, what he's been exposed as. Like, I don't understand what the message of this movie was. Not to be a prude, but I also would be like, ew, like maybe ooh, gross. Like, I'm yeah. not going to make you leave the hotel. But like, if I'm Deborah Carr, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pump the yeah. brakes. Although they do all Benedict at their yeah. separate tables. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they all make this decision. Separate to be like, tables. You, you, good morning. We accept you. Try the toast. It's wonderful. <laughs> Oh, Am weird. I watching separate tables again? I feel like I'm watching separate tables again. Yeah. Holy they, shit. they do though. They do not seem to have any problem with Burt Lancaster who seems to be a serial domestic abuser. Like he's fine yeah. to stay at the hotel, but this guy that we're not quite sure what he fully did at the movie theater. Like I'm not saying he should stay either, but like we see like Burt Lancaster, like toss people around in the movie. And it's like, no, he's fine to stay. Yeah. And Rita Hayworth was like, you almost broke my nose or something. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It's just what? it's just kink. It's classic kink shaming. You know, the major was <laughs> like, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm into piss. <laughs> just like, <laughs> into piss play, my dear. I'm into piss play, my dear. Oh, God. Fuck this movie. Have you, excuse me, excuse me, Deborah, have you ever heard of a furry before? <laughs> no, no, bookmark on this, on your, on your typewriter, onlyfans.com slash theater kinky slut pig. <laughs> he stands up from his separate table at the end and he's just wearing a giant strap on. Huge boner. <laughs> the table falls over. And every- <laughs> Knocks everything on the floor. <laughs> and everybody just nods and is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good morning. <laughs> try, say, the I don't think she sh- try the hat up. <laughs> I don't I don't think she should have won, but I do think the best performance in the movie is the woman who's like the innkeeper who won Best Supporting Actress. I actually think yes. she's probably the best performance right. in the film. I agree. I like, thought she was good too. She doesn't Damning really have anything to do. Damning with faint praise, but sure. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't have like anything to do, but like every scene she's yeah. in, I'm like, I mean, that's a competent actress. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That, and that's the best The yeah. song was great. Did the song win? The song must have um, won. Separate yeah, like, well, They're all well, do we know for that's sure? That's like literally the, the lyrics. I know. 
Because <laughs> there was a the full hatches. original score in the best picture winner, Gigi. Gigi. It, it's pronounced Gigi. 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 I'm going to, guys, I know we're all going to rag on Gigi. 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 But here's my thing. Okay. This is my hot take. I think I, okay. This is my hot best take. Best original song went to <laughs> Frederick Lowe and Alan J. Lerner for the song Gigi. <laughs> okay. 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 So here is my take about Gigi. If you watch this movie, you know how sometimes when you, when you're like looking at something, you can kind of just make your eyes go fuzzy. Like you're like looking at it, but you're not really looking at it. You're mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of like all just like, it's like fuzzy. You make your eyes go like blurry or whatever. If you watch this movie with your eyes just kind of fuzzy, it's great. Because I do, I want to see color. I want to see costume. I want to see Paris. I want to, I want to rest my eyes on some like, you know, some stuff. Some of the songs are a little catchy. When you start to dig, I'm making the, I'm digging with my paws here. When you start to Uh dig a little deeper, it falls apart a bit for me. I would say if you start to dig a little deeper, it's a bore. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bore. That guy is, by the way, oh, but that was the one other thing that I rested my eyes on. That guy from Mm -hmm. Three Coins and a Fountain. He is hot. That guy was attractive. So I I couldn't agree with you more, Megan. It's like, this movie was pretty to look at at times, but it like I didn't want to look at a picture for two hours or however long this movie was. And, and like I, I was having the conversation with Rusty after we watched it and said, like what, like what was it about this movie that won every single Oscar that it was nominated mm-hmm. for that year, which was a lot. And uh, there must be something that I'm missing after watching this movie. Maybe there was like something technically that was really cool or like the way that they capture the colors and the cinematography, but even like so the cinematography I, I think, sort of fell apart too. That it, it got like I think I kind of know, I think I maybe know what it is in watching this is that, so this movie comes out in 1958. It's by Lerner and Lowe. It's basically a lesser version of My Fair Lady set in Paris. My Fair Lady, the stage play, comes out in 1956. So I'm wondering if there was just like a lot of like love for My Fair Lady and they were like, hey, this is the first thing Lerner and Lowe did afterwards. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Let's just give it a ton of awards in a year that's we don't find super strong for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, because there's like literally he has that soliloquy, which feels like it was just a cut song from My Fair Lady that was reworked. It's a patter song. Yeah. It's like written in Rex Harrison's voice. And yeah. he's doing it like when he's like, but the she one is where young. he's like, yeah. Like it sounds like, yeah. And Leslie Cameron is doing, is doing Audrey Hepburn drag in this movie too. Like Audrey Hepburn was in the stage play version of Gigi. Yeah. On Broadway just in the with early no 1950s. Charm. <laughs> <laughs> with no charm. <laughs> I like Leslie Karen. I I liked her in American in Paris. Yeah. I this woman, it's so again, and again, this is good. She's 27 and she's playing a 14-year-old, which I'm gonna set that to the side. Uh I it's again one of those things where I'm like, she is doing the best. She can. Yeah. Trying to play, trying to play a little girl. 
basically. And I think that is what hampers her. At the end, when he comes back and gets her and they go to Maxime's and she's wearing that dress is to die for with her little, the little moon thing in her hair. And the, oh. the wings, the shoulder wings. Yeah. I, oh. I wrote in my notes. Okay. Now I'm finally gagged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 100% you're like, okay. And she's, she's so much more, she's so much, she seems so much more comfortable in that scene. And I, that's my favorite scene in the movie too, where she's like doing everything correctly and like pouring his coffee and all of the stuff. And he's like, this is, you know, wrong. This is weird. Um, because I think she gets to play like an adult because she is an adult. And the rest of the movie, she's like hitch put like sitting crazy in the chairs and being like, like I'm, I'm cheating at cards and whatever, because she's trying to play a 14 year old. Yeah. Well, and I think it's crazy too. I read that this is on, or one of the AFI hundred best movies or whatever. This is like number 35 or something today. And I don't understand it because there's, it's almost like the defiant ones where it's like all of the, every single idea this movie is based around, like, like keep watching these young nubile things run around. And as soon as you get a whiff that they're barely legal, like swoop in and, and take your pick. Like, is that the gist yes, of it? Like she's yes. going to be a courtesan anyway. So let's just grab her now. Thank heaven for little girls really hits different when you learn it's from a movie that's about grooming. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's literally that what this movie is about. It's yeah. just like, it's just. Well, it is like she up. becomes like, you know, Megan talked about that scene. She becomes like idealized, like as a servant. And he's like, no, this isn't right. But then, like, later he comes back and it's like, yes, I just embarrassed you in front of all of Parisian society, but you will marry me now. And she's like, at last. What did you love? A, a, girl's, a girl's fantasy. Did you love the um, Annette vibes when they come in to the, the, like the supper club and they're all like, did you see her? What she looks like? Ba, 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 ba. I was like, this is Annette. I'm watching Annette. Fewer dolls. Uh, though. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I will say like, I don't, that was the other thing too. It's, it's kind of hard to get my head around it. Cause I kept being like, am I missing something? I kept looking at the Wikipedia because it seems like I'd wrap like, let's say like Megan, Megan, me, Megan, 2022, I don't like, I want that cortisone life. Like, give me that cortisone life, you know, like, the, like he's going to take care of her, basically do everything, but marry her. And then she can like, then when he, when their relationship gets stale, he, she can just like move on to the next. I'm like, and it doesn't seem like, like their whole family is cortisones and it doesn't seem like they're particularly shunned. So yeah. I'm like, I don't really get it. Yeah, they, and they even managed to make that boring. Like that, that would yeah, be a yeah. really interesting movie, but they it was so boring. The first, the opening scene I think the where they're comparison. they're all in the park. Go ahead, Craig. Hello. Oh no, I was just gonna say one of the big comparison points for me was that scene when like he takes her to the seaside, in comparison to Auntie Mame, where like every single bit of physical comedy, I was like, when was this even funny in 1958? Whereas like 65 years later, I'm watching this oh, stuff. Oh, the in donkey Maine, won't go. I'm like, oh, that's... look at her. Look at her try to play tennis. And I was like, Auntie Mame has physical comedy bits that we're like crying over 65 years later. Yeah. And like, I'm also, I'm then I'm watching this stuff and I'm being like, did someone 65 years ago think this was funny at all? Like, it's just crazy to me. Like the dichotomy. Like we know funny money's exist. Those two films. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the like the opening scene where it was basically him saying 10 minutes of like pointing out people on the boulevard saying like, some people get married, some people don't get married. These people might get married. These people might not get married. And I'm like, that was 10 minutes of this boring ass movie. Like, what am I watching? And, and, that, and it also set up, Adam, that there's no stakes then. So I'm like, so what does it matter? Exactly. Like, get married yeah. or don't get married. Like, I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. This is a horse. Learn how to play poor This is coffee. not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. It just was. I just don't under. I just don't. I don't. I don't get but it. Then I you do understand why the character is doing that a little bit more when we get a very charming song about his descent into dementia. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, I loved, it made me just loved, think of Adam and Rusty sitting at the Zen, <laughs> like. Yep, slowly still Alicing away. Having the still Alice moment. Still Alicing away! But again, if you let your eyes just kind of fuzz, then it's like, oh yeah, this is, then this is, then I'm just like, ooh, I just want it to wash, I'll just have it wash over me. And I did notice in the opening credits, I thought, I, I clocked two things, that they made a big thing in the credits that the costumes, the scenery, scenic design, and the production design were all by the same person. And I wasn't sure how often that happened in the 50s and 60s, if that was a regular occurrence. But like, you know, I don't really see that in now. Like when I look at like nominees, like yeah. usually people like, so maybe there's something there from the, the technical aspect, but also they made a big deal about filming on location and all of those like mm-hmm. scenic French spots, Megan, to your point, if you have this on where you're like cleaning or I don't know, holding laundry or whatever, um, diddling, diddling and, and poking people with your elbows and movie theaters and stuff. And like, that's just <laughs> enough going on yeah. to be able this to, this is the perfect movie to nudge somebody in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, can you imagine what the major would do if he was sitting next to Gigi at a theater? Oof. Yikes. Oh. And Gigi would just take it. Yeah. Gigi would just she be would. like, Oh, can I get you some coffee? I know how to pour it. Okay. Yeah, let me sniff, let me sniff your cigar for you, sir. Yeah. It. What was that move about? I don't know. <laughs> that was the one they I, all look I was. Great to me. They're great. You're eating the sausage like a maniac. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and getting drunk on well, the wine. You know and her, the, remember the the grandma was like. Just yeah, really like taste it, and she was like, I, too, like she's fourteen, lady. You think she's gonna taste that wine?" <laughs> that was Kim, that was my um, Kim Cattrall role. It was um, her grandma. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, the Gigi. Yeah, Gigi. well, because there was because there was that moment that she was talking to her about. She was like, "Really, you really taste?" The, and then she like looked down at her phone, and she was like, "Carrie's texting again." <laughs> Oh god! And then she Spoilers was like, for just like that." She was like, "Tomorrow?" Question marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, oh. Gigi. That was my and just like that was my favorite film of of nineteen fifty eight. What was up with that? Okay, well, that, before we that talk outfit about- that she wears at the end to like dump Big's ashes. What was, was that? It was perfect. I mean, it was, it, I mean, show, I, that was, I, but I, that's what I'm watching the show for really. Let's be real. Yeah. And that's what I'm watching Gigi for that. I'm watching Gigi for the costumes and for mm-hmm. like shots of Paris that look pretty 
and literally nothing else. Yeah. Well, no, and that one hot the- guy too. That one, that guy is hot. I will yeah. watch that guy. But then, but then I want to see her dumping Gaston's ashes in to the yeah. sand after he has like a heart attack trying to play tennis. Show me yeah. that. He's scene. definitely going to die before her. For no, sure. Craig, Craig Peloton's actually came from the Belle Epoch era as well. <laughs> oh, it's actually okay. pronounced, it's actually pronounced Peloton, you know, like Peloton. It's very, it's very <laughs> <laughs> but like the Pelotons, they originally were like one giant wheel up front mm-hmm. and then like a tiny wheel in the tiny back. Tiny right? wheel in the yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> bits, bits. Well, bits, that's Gigi. Gigi. <laughs> Uh, before we move on to talk about any other films from the year 1958, let's rank the Best Picture nominees. Rusty, we will start with you. Five to one. Okay, so my number five is Gigi. My number four is Separate Tables. Number three, I have The Defiant Ones, which might be higher than a lot of other people, maybe. My number two is Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. And number one, call me Auntie Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Rosalind Rusty. <laughs> Rosalind Rusty. Yes, that's my new name going forward. That's I now now t- t- like the first time you met Willa, you walked into the room in a turban and, and you said, "Call me Auntie Rusty." Call me Auntie Rusty. <laughs> Stop crying, sobbing. <laughs> um, it's, Adam, it's so weird. Now every time I leave a room, everything around me kind of fades to black, except there's like a little <laughs> spotlight on me now too. It's like a Can really I great. Say? I love it. I actually loved that. Was like yeah, that was great. Thing. I was like, yeah, I love it. I love I it. That was great. Cool. It's perfect. Yeah. The world doesn't exist without her. Yeah. Perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Adam. Go ahead, Adam. All right. Um, five, I'm going to go with separate tables. I hate that movie. Um, Gigi, I also hate number four. Um, and then I have the defiant ones. And then I have cat, cat on a hot tin roof. And then I got to go with Mame. Got to go with Mame. Uh, for me, number five is separate tables. Burn in hell. Uh, burn in hell. Uh, number four is Gigi. Number three is Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Number two is The Defiant Ones. I'll rewatch Annie Mame. Uh, I and yeah. I will. I am going to watch Annie Mame. <laughs> yeah, like I want to show will. people this movie. I want to be like, "What are you doing uh, Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to come over and watch Auntie Mame?" That's that's we're not how gonna we're going to make, make any friends in North Carolina. Nope. <laughs> Great way. No. Do not do that in Raleigh. Do not do that. Here's my list. Number five. I have separate tables. <laughs> Great song. Number four. I have. Gigi. Number three, I have the Defiant Ones. Number two, Cat on Hutch and Roof. Adam, does this sound familiar? And number one, you chop the husk right off of the core. That's not from Auntie the movie. Monday. <laughs> we should be clear that that is not from the movie. That is not from the, that's the one thing the movie's missing. Although Auntie Mame is better than the movie version of Mame, it could have used a couple of those songs. There's some good songs yeah. in Mame. For sure. Well, there's a moment where she and Vera sing a little bit. They do a little ditty. Yeah. Expand yeah, it's on that. Expand on that. From the Chuchin, uh, something that's like, ooh, that is not a show that I would like to see. No, <laughs> not today, not today. Good year. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed four out of, 
four out of five of these movies enough where um, it was a good year. I'm glad that we picked it. I'd say it was like a real middling year in the sense of like, there was nothing. I mean, I loved Auntie Mame, but there was nothing that I was like over the, really over the moon for, but there's Mm. also, there was nothing that I was like, like separate tables was painful, but it was also an hour and a half. So I was like, this is fine. And that's the interesting thing, I think, compared to like what we usually talk about on a lot of these, particularly in like the 50s and 60s, Meg, is Auntie Mame is by far the longest of these films. It's like two hours and 25 minutes and it was everybody's favorite. And all the other, the other four movies are all under two hours, which Mm -hmm. is ideal, especially if you're just going to be okay. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there any other films? I think we're definitely going to talk about Vertigo a little bit, but are there any other films we, uh, anybody else wants to talk about from the year? No, just Vertigo. Oh. Um, I watched two others, so I'll just give brief mention to them. I watched I Want to Live, which Susan Hayward won Best Actress for. So I wanted to check it out. Which is kind of the and, opposite of your, your life story. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, I cannot connect with the characters through our, like arc in this film. It is based on a true story about a uh, woman of the evening who basically uh, gets arrested for murder because she's an accomplice, but she they basically roll over and decide she's the one that did the murder that gets executed. Um, and outside I'm going to live the, in a world where this is a companion piece to Gigi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she later outside, on. Yeah. <laughs> the actual gas chamber scene is like, pretty interesting to watch in 1958 the rest of the movie is drama mama it is people just being like like she's like this prostitute that's like i just want to have fun i'll do whatever i want and then like her husband's a heroin addict and she's like she's like i'm leaving right now i'm not gonna be here when you get your next fix it's like so super over the top everything that she does that sounds awesome the fact that I mean, it's it would be like a fun like midnight movie watch probably, but the fact that she beat Rosalind Russell for Best Actress is bullshit. Mm. Straight talk. Yeah, and then I watched a Touch of Evil or Touch of Evil, which I'd never seen, the Orson Welles film. Um, oh yeah, that's about uh, it's Charlton Heston and Orson Welles and Janet Lee in Mexico, and it's pretty good. It has like a really good opening segment. Um, probably is better than some of these movies that got nominated, but uh, definitely not the best picture of the year. Uh, so let's talk about Vertigo. I had never seen Vertigo before. This is my first time. Yeah, same. We loved it. I mean, I a lot of um, it's it's just so well done because a third of that movie is just like Jimmy Stewart like lurking and like watching, but you just are kind of entranced the whole time like it's so hypnotic and san francisco's never looked more beautiful i think than than how this film is shot and they use san francisco better than gigi uses paris i would say 100 percent. yeah totally it's the uh it's the fifth um it's the fifth character on vertigo (laughs) (laughs) much Uh like yeah (laughs) the city of san francisco Um, but, another role that I was born to play, Midge, obviously. I love early in the movie when he talks about how they used to be engaged in college and we're supposed to buy that Jimmy Stewart and Barbara Bel Geddes are the same age. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, guys. <laughs> I get it. But I mean, she's literally 15 years younger than Jimmy Stewart. So... <laughs> 
He looks older and older as this, as, I mean, again, a good job, I think, you know, both acting and makeup wise, it's like he, they do sort of like show him kind of descending into madness, which is to be honest, not the Jimmy Stewart I'm familiar with or the Jimmy Stewart I I like. I I mean, obviously I I love this movie. It was great, but it was like upsetting to watch Jimmy Stewart be sort of a psycho. like Like even in another Hitchcock film, like Rear Window, where you see him like sort of like, it's it's not the same like no mental break like it's more like this is happening whereas like with vertigo it's definitely like he's crumbling yeah mm-hmm. um it is the judge in his trial the shadiest bitch in the history <laughs> 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 i love that scene love it love it <laughs> A real house. And then she died because you couldn't save her. But you know, we're not here to pass judgment. We're not passing judgment. But you know, <laughs> that was yeah, it was a real housewife situation. Yeah. Here's here's my updated I was like, is that it's <laughs> Tiffany Pollard from um from reality TV. <laughs> is in the remake. Where <laughs> New York where, herself? New York, that would yes. be amazing. <laughs> Where's where's the shade rattle? Like it was not in the background. So I was like, what is going on? Get on it. Oh god. Yeah. Oh. Jimmy Jimmy Stewart was definitely the the Maddie Morphosis in that in that moment, I would say. <laughs> oh um, Guys, also I... this um sorry, real quick, did did jurors all used to just whisper to each other in the room before they made it? Yeah, that was... I mean, this is yeah. this is a year after Twelve Angry Men where we're literally in a sequestered room the entire time with jurors. So I thought that was Six of them, and they just they they said they gave. Also, the judge was like, "You can go deliberate," and they were like, mm, "We're good, though. We're just gonna like, d- like we're good, right? We're yeah. good. We're all good. Okay, <laughs> we're cool, good. She killed her. She killed herself. Yeah, yeah. She killed herself. She killed herself. Uh, yeah. yeah I the the it's and a it's little, his fault. The but there's nothing we can do. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing do. to be done. I thought it's really well done. Uh, it is not my favorite hitch. It's still not my favorite Hitchcock just because I think it's a little disjointed. Like it takes Mm. a while to get where it's going. You know, I'm trying, it's, it was just a little, like a little disjointed for, for me and the, and her, like her reason for staying, like just the way she kind of like, you learn the information of, of who she actually is, um, was, but then it is is like, like, hmm? It's like red flag, sis. Like I know, like, yeah. like you actually are her, but it's like, eh, you can do better. Like, go back to Selena, Kansas. Like, yeah, go back to mm-hmm. Selena, Kansas. But also, she's. But also, like, the movie kind of forgets. Like, I know she is. Like, like she should be more of a femme fatale. Like, let's be real. She is a. She's an accomplice in a murder, <laughs> and then yeah. we kind of feel bad for her at the end, which yeah. is a little unearned because she should have known what she's getting into. You are, he paid you so he could murder his wife. And then by right. the way, he never gets any sort of comeuppance or at least not that we see in the movie. No. But what no. I appreciate so, is I think, I think it stays true to like, it. it's really is Jimmy Stewart's story. And like you as the, like the uh, viewer, like learn, yeah. learn just as much as Jimmy Stewart does. So I kind of appreciate, I kind of like that reveal being so late in the movie. Um, it's also very like true crime, you know, like this, this like huge twist um, was, 
I didn't see it coming. I, I hadn't read anything about it either, so I thought that was. Pre- and it's still. No, I thought it made sense. I didn't. I didn't. Like, I didn't the movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't fully remember it. Like I've seen Vertigo before, and I didn't completely remember. The other thing is Kim Novak looks substantially different she as does. a brunette. Like, I didn't I think it yeah. was a. Di- I, I thought it, it was a different actor. Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, when we were watching it. I was just, in the, the beginning Stewart when we were watching it, I don't notice her on the street, and I'm like, "That's the same person." Like, no, not at all. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy. And and when we were when I was starting to watch it, I was like, "Why couldn't we get Grace Kelly?" Because listen, I want to, I want my eyes to fall upon Grace Kelly, who's one of the most stunning people, um, and I love Grace Kelly. And I think and then when it was when she opened the door and you learn it actually it was I don't think Grace Kelly could play that part. I don't think like the range no. of that Kim Novak had was pretty impressive. Like yeah. she was a really totally, a totally different person. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked her performance. Um, you know, cause you could, that's, yeah, I just, I guess I really leaned into like, just like you, you don't, you, you don't really know the whole story and you have to kind of be okay with that. Like for mm-hmm. a, a lot of the movie. Um, but I don't know, maybe I was, I, I really enjoyed it. It was probably, it was my Me favorite too. movie yeah. of the year. Or maybe not. Yeah. I don't Vert- know. Anti name and, is... and uh, Vertigo are kind of the same for me. So, because I think I. Are we going to do it? Is it time, Craig? Can we do it? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, for our listeners that are underway, Vertigo now commonly tops the sight and sound poll as the greatest film ever made, like kind of mm. one up Citizen Kane. And then there's always some foreign films that, or international films that kind of go in and out of there. But I think the last time they did the poll, it was Vertigo. Um, and then real quick before we do this, I was going to say, I know you, you think you're a midge, but I really think that the role for you in the movie is the character that of course says, I've been here right along putting olive oil on my rubber plant. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say I should be the wife that was, that is just unceremoniously thrown (laughs) (laughs) from the roof. Mm, two, 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 two parts that again, I would, I definitely would have auditioned for if this had been, if I had been around in yeah. <laughs> Uh Yeah. I mean, I like this movie. This is the best movie of the year for me. I put it above everything. I, I love Auntie Mame, it, but uh, Auntie Mame is two and a half hours and there, and there is parts where you're like, okay, let's get to the next thing. Auntie Mame. This really does hold your attention. Um, even though it's still not my favorite Hitchcock, I still think The Birds is my favorite. And I know that's maybe not a popular choice, but uh, it really freaked me out as a kid. And also Maddie, who thinks he can take on all those birds, I'd like to see you take on all those birds. Birds are wily, and they they go for you. And they go I for was thinking, own. so maybe we'll set up a Patreon, and our first Patreon episode is we'll like, cover Maddie and Birdseed. And just like leave him in a park and hey. see if he and can find all the birds. And see how he fares. Yeah, you have my five dollars. There you go. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Vertigo. Vertigo is Vertigo is the is it by a mile? I think it's incredible. I loved it. I agree. Yeah. I was thinking, Matt, yeah, you, you can uh, also yeah. just use I, some of the hops from his beer podcast. And if you just want to save some money too, yeah. this might be an easier way to go. That's, that's true. Be um, much more, I don't know, artistic. So I would say that the episode is unanimous in that we all agree that Auntie Mame is by far the best of the best picture nominees, but Vertigo 
of course, is the best film of 1958. Although I'll be honest, I'm throwing on anti Mame again before I'm throwing on Vertigo again, but I can recognize that Vertigo is a better film. Yeah. 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 Um, Rusty Adams, do you have a favorite film of not only 2021, but 2022? We saw Rusty. I mean, I, we both just watched a hero two weekends ago for the first time and we both really loved it. I also, was it the same night or a different night? We watched Red Rocket and it surprised me how much I enjoyed Red Rocket. I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. Me too. You just gotta, you gotta like fully embrace that you're watching like a total dirt bag for two hours and it just becomes that much yeah. more enjoyable. Um, and I just think Simon Rex gives a fantastic performance that is just really being overlooked this, this season, I think, outside of like more of the independent um is he nominated for an independent spirit? He's got to be, right? Yeah, both him and uh, Susanna Salm, son, who, who plays Strawberry, they both got nominated mm-hmm. for a spirit awards. Yeah, I think so far from what we've seen this year, those are like my two favorites. And they're, they're pretty last year's movies, but... Yeah, my, yeah. my two favorites are um, Titan, um, which I loved. I know um, Craig didn't love it as much, but it's like a movie I've never seen before in my whole mm-hmm. life. And I... I think it says so much about gender and family that I just am still thinking about a couple months later after watching it. And then, and, um, it, and it also, remi- it reminded you a little bit of your college relationships too, right? When you oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're with that truck for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like to talk about that in front of Rusty, but um, you know, we, <laughs> You know, that that truck was the one that got away. (laughs) (laughs) I also love The Hand of God. I I don't think that, I think it's getting overshadowed by other foreign films this year. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I thought the first 30 minutes were definitely the funniest movie I watched this year. It made me laugh. So love those two movies. Meg, what's your favorite movie of 2022? Now's the time. Uh, Guys, I don't know. You know, uh, I did see Scream and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite, quite great. But I got to tell you, a movie that I saw in theaters and I was on the floor, truly, <laughs> is Jackass. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you need a Jackass movie and I'm not even like a big Jackass head, but we went opening night into a packed theater. And when I tell you, I really lost it a couple of times. Like That sounds I like a dream. Really... <laughs> What, so it was a it was a it was a dream within a dream. It was very mm-hmm. like um, Maddie actually surprised me. <clears throat> he was like, "We're gonna go see." He forever had been like, "I want to see it on opening night." So we went, and unbeknownst to me, had told all of his dumb friends about it that they were he was going to, and they all decided to. They literally bought up every seat surround like we were in the middle, and they bought up every seat surrounding it. So we walked in, and I was like. Oh, fuck like all his idiot friends were there but it really made it even better um and it was so it just was really fucking funny those guys are those guys are funny and there's a new guy and his name is poopies so (laughs) (laughs) i gotta see that one name his name is poopies okay (laughs) yeah if you have the opportunity to see jackass in a theater in a crowded theater get your shots one two and three get that boost boost it up and then go see this movie because I, I really enjoy, I really, really did laugh a lot. 
Um, yeah, what I still have. We are, scre- I feel, like, I feel s- like we're on Rogan right now with all this advice I'm getting from <laughs> Megan. Oh. Guys, go to the fucking theater and watch fucking Jackass. (laughs) Take your hydroquill and whatever shot thing. Take your horse tranquilizers and stop being a fucking pussy and go see fucking Jackass. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway. I still still have Scream at 1, but I definitely have Jackass Forever at 2. The 355 at 3 and Moonfall. Honestly, one of the worst films I've ever seen in a theater. Oh no! I was that—that that was another one that I was like, oh, I'm gonna go see Moonfall. Not really even fun, like in a. Is a three five five worth seeing? Like, is there enough fun stuff in it to like seek it out and go see it, or no? It's like a good cast, and it was like a fun idea. But it, I, you know, who wrote the screenplay, and that'll tell you everything. It's Teresa Rebeck. So. Um, uh. Really, really lets down the rest of the uh, lets down an excellent cast. Hmm. So Moonfall's um, not even Sam, even ugh. my beloved Samuel Tarly. Uh, Moonfall's so bad. It's so so bad. Yikes! Yeah. It looked like it was stupid bad. You know what movie was also really bad, and I'm like bummed about it because I was like, this could be fun. Is um, marry me, marry uh, me, marry me, say uh, yes. Great song, but the movie is a real. I'm gonna be on my phone this entire time. Except every scene, it, every new scene, you have to look up to see what she's wearing. Clock it. She looks great. Look back down at your phone. Have we gotten to the point, Megan? Are you comfortable enough that this was a movie that you saw at one thirty in the afternoon with a bottle of wine in your purse? <laughs> or <laughs> I watched it on Peacock. Because one thing that the Olympics has done for me is taught me to love Peacock. I'm a real cockhead now. Real loving, loving the cock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you watch, um, sorry, I have to ask, did you watch Ultimate Girls Trip? Okay, so no. Well, here's what I did. I watched the first episode and Adam, I didn't like it. I don't. I don't like that they break the fourth wall. Oh, They're on okay. the plane talking about like, well, my show is, I've been on the, this long, like my show has this ratings. And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Does it get better? Do they no, let that go? They, they keep doing that. They, they talk up, they, the fourth wall is gone the entire time. And, I and don't. It was okay I, with me. You're okay yeah. with it. You're okay with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was totally I fine with that. I don't know. I don't know. I might, we're going into a dearth in that Salt Lake is ending. Um, I don't know how many more episodes of OC and OC is also, also giving me a little bit of a snooze fest right now. Um, but I am all in on jurors and I am all in on the Salt Lake city reunion. Oh, it's coming. I think, I think tonight is the last episode. It's gotta be. I mean, this this season has been a million years long. It has been so, so long and I could watch another 40 episodes. Oh, it's I could been too. Unbelievable. The Salt Lake season finale is actually going to be what's the most watched thing on television tonight, right? That's sort of yeah. like America's biggest night is the Salt Lake City I, finale. The Salt Lake City finale. I yeah. can't... The, sometimes in past, they've like not shown it because I, I don't know if, why they think that there'd be an overlap between people watching the Super Bowl and people watching mm-hmm. Real Housewives of, of Salt Lake City. But like, guys... I mean that's why that's why Maddie's making that ranch dressing, right? Is to, to celebrate for, the Salt Lake finale for R H O S L C. Guys, can I? Sorry, Craig. I just have one more thing to say. I and I and I don't care if she comes for me. 
I think Mary M. Cosby is, she is my most upsetting. I am so upset by her. I don't even, I have nightmares about her. I don't understand her. People are afraid of what they don't understand. I don't Um, know what she thought she was signing up for on this show. I literally, I've never seen a person on my television to compare to Mary M. Cosby. Truly terrifying. Uh, Truly. the scene where Whitney like stumbles out of the room after um, sort of confronting Meredith and Meredith is wearing a sweatshirt of all of her say- sayings. Of all her sayings. Mm-hmm. Classic. And then, she, classic. and then she leaves and then Mary's there wearing her like weird gold blazer and then she takes a beat and then she looks at the camera and goes, huh, women. And then she does this like, <laughs> little, this little like head, head, like <laughs> bouncy head thing. And I'm like, I lost my I lost my goddamn mind. And then when she's looking at Heather, by the way, do not come for Heather Gay. Do because I will send the devil after you, Mary M. Cosby. When she's like, look at her, she don't even know how inbred she looks. I was like, Mary, ma'am, ma'am, you married your step grandfather, ma'am, ma'am. Okay, so I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you at this point because this is an Oscar (laughs) podcast. Um, Rusty Adams. Honestly, yeah, performance of the year. Performance of the year. They say there are no roles for women over forty. There are, and they're on Bravo. Rusty Adam, is there anything you would like to plug? Yeah, Salt Lake City. Uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone me watching Salt Lake City. Put me on. Put me on for that as well. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That's what I'm plugging this week. I do have something to plug. I have an Instagram account where I cook stuff. So you can follow me at rusty.the.cook. Because I know on this podcast, there's always like that that bump, you know, when like someone comes on to to, to be a guest, you know, their, right. their follower count just For like sure. shoots through the roof. So I'm in you'll, probably, you'll probably see three, four more followers based yeah. on uh, this episode. So Hey, tweeps, come see me <laughs> online. <laughs> Rusty the Cook, Real Houses of Salt Lake City. You can follow us on Twitter. Agnes Gooch. Also, we're we're promoting Agnes Gooch. We are uh, an Agnes Gooch Pro podcast. That's it. Those three things. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. You can follow Craig, the, I hate to interrupt. You can follow us at the Oscar. You know show I have try. I hate to interrupt you. <laughs> on Facebook or Instagram at the Oscar should have gone to. If you like what you listen to, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back. I don't know, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, uh, with uh, probably some more acting episodes. Uh, thank you, as always, so much for listening. Thank you so much, Rusty and Adam. We will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.